right. fun knowing, I got to tell you, folks, I, I've known Jay now for eight books. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What, I remember edition one of Maximize Your Medicare, you know, and that's where we first met. It's always fun chatting with him uh, and uh, learn a lot from him about uh, the topic of which I don't know a lot. And that's the fun of it. And uh, he's one of the brightest guys I know and has too damn many initials after his name. <laughs> my, name my original name's too short. I needed more letters, Art. That's, that's what it was, yes. Oh! We've had, who have we had? We've had Bob Powell. We've had uh, Kevin Cole. We've got Art Lewis, who is a celebrity. Pretty much everyone in the listening area, mid-Michigan, knows WSGW. If they know WSGW, that usually comes with one name, and that is Art Lewis. He's here today. Welcome, Art. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> Glad to follow in the footsteps of Kevin Cole. He's a buddy. <laughs> of course. And, you know, and so... Yes, he's been part of another, you know, certain pillar of, you know, a different, different walk of life, but absolutely a well-known name. Absolutely. Art, you're, a, how long is it? It's a year pandemic now. So you've been. One year next week. One that year I've been at home. That, that I've been broadcasting at home and no end in sight. That's why I've strung up banners in my office and <laughs> have a myriad of equipment. I could, uh. I wouldn't disrupt things too much. I could probably show you the equipment a little bit. Excuse my reach and things moving around. I'm going to just take this down here. And there, there's... Wow. So this is the microphone I'm using right... Where is it? There it is. There you go. Yeah. The microphone I'm using right now. Uh, that's not the one I use for broadcast. For broadcast, I use... I'm reaching. Sorry, folks. But I use a, a headset microphone like that All right. for everyday broadcast. And uh, then I have, uh, this is some of my broadcast equipment here. It's my internet connection that allows me to get up on the air. It goes to the studio. And these are just uh, audio. The silver box right there is the interface with the internet. Uh, the two black boxes are line balancing boxes. And the one on the bottom, that big, long, skinny one, is the one that's giving me trouble right now where the microphone cuts out. It's a voice processor. Do you, when we've met in other locations, you know, a, a, a sponsor, for example, has hosted us when I've been, you know, your guest. Is that what you carry it? Or is it this like a of, kind of like black box that you carry? No, the one piece of equipment that I showed you that's my broadcast piece, that's the remote equipment. That's what I'm using. I'm using my remote equipment. To broadcast i better move that back a little bit like that yeah that's that's the remote broadcast piece of equipment that i use when we're on remote i don't use the audio stuff that doesn't go with me but this this box does the box with the the mixer and the, the head end that connects to the internet it's all done by wi-fi how much has it changed from i guess what 50 years now how, we we discussed this off air what, 55 years? What is it, 58 years now? Yeah, they're about something like that. <laughs> Since 1963, so yeah, was it 58 a years. 
Was it a it's, full room of stuff or? It's the difference between a Model T and a Ferrari. Uh, the equipment when I came in, you had knobs and tubes for a console. You had tape recorders, turntables, cart machines for commercials, which were tape. Now it's all computer. There is nothing that isn't computerized. There are no turntables. There's no tape recorders. Everything is in the computer. Even sure. the commercials you record go into a computer. Sure. So you don't have any any old-fashioned equipment at all. Uh, this piece of equipment that I use for remotes is probably eight or ten years old. That's ancient. There's a newer model of that somewhere along the line. There's been several, as a matter of fact. When, when are you going to start adopting the video interview you know, format? You know, a lot of other yeah, we're there now. Oh, uh, you are. A month ago, we started doing video of me doing my radio show. It's a talking head. You're just watching me. Right. Uh, we are using uh, StreamYard as our entry point into the web services. So is it going to multiple at the same time? Uh, yeah, it goes to Twitch.tv, uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook all live and then it's there for you to go back and watch uh but it's me talking to people or talking to listeners right but all you see is me uh we now we have the ability now with links in Streamyard. like i could send you a link the next time you're on with me sure you would do what we would do what we're doing right now right the only thing we'd have to remember is we're not doing television we're doing radio so while you and I could look at each other, we have to remember we're on the radio. You have to avoid things like, well, look at this. See this? See how this is? You know, unless well, I, I think... do what I just did and took that camera and went all over the place. I right. am I am looking at ways to put in another camera so that I could shoot down on the equipment so people could see what's happening. We're talking about that as, a, as another method, you know. I'm sure there's some certain software that allows multiple cameras to have, you know. Oh, I have it. Yeah, I right. have it. Right. So because we have multi-camera, you know, now. So. Yeah. Oh, it's it's it's. The only thing I found is, uh, I found some switching equipment that won't work with these internet cameras because they're USB. Mm -hmm. You plug them in. I need HDMI, so I may have to change camera types or, or something. But I'm not going to do that. Uh, I. I I know a company that should do that for me. <laughs> I don't know yet. We're, we're, there's all kinds of things we're talking about. Okay. Well, now that we're done with, you know, technology corners, <laughs> let's go back to, to, to art. So you've been a, a year in the strangest year almost ever, but I don't want to say ever. You've got 58 years underneath your belt. Where does this past 12 months rank? for art number one really oh yeah i've never lived through anything like this i don't know anybody else that has yeah, but, there, uh, but there have been war there's been there's been war there, <laughs> yeah there's been there's been all of that stuff but that's news and uh you know and i deal with news every day uh, obviously you know things to remember you remember where you were when 9 11 happened sure you know there are a lot of important things but as a spread of time I've never lived anything like 2020. I mean, and I don't know anybody that has. No. Uh, because it has affected everyone. 
in terms of a year that has had impact on me and people, 2020, I don't see how you can, unless you go back to 1918 and the last time this happened. But I can't think of anything that's had more impact on a population uh, than what happened to us and the world. We're not alone. So you're working at home. Have you been vaccinated? You're up on the, you're high on the list. Uh, I was vaccinated. Uh, that was another story. I got a call from a, a doctor in Saginaw representing the uh, medical society. They were having a problem registering minorities and wanted my help, wanted to know if we could do a show. I said, sure. And I was, I was about to get called anyway. I'm on the, I was on the list sure. and I'm 78 years old. So right. I was there. Yep. And uh, he said, well, uh, rather than just wait for the list, we'll just come over to your house, and give you the shots, you and your wife. I said, works for me. So we did a shot on the air. Okay. And the, the whole purpose was to get people involved and understand that it's necessary. Uh, so, you know, and, and I checked later and found out that I really didn't jump the line. I was going to get called anyway. So it worked out well. And I, I got my second the- shot. Is it your sense, or maybe you would know from like people calling in, and maybe it's been a topic or not? Is it your sense that people are looking forward to the vaccine, and you know, like a breath of fresh air, so it kind of liberates them in a way? Um, so getting... The people, the people I've heard from, most of the people I've heard from have been calling out of frustration because they're on the list and haven't been called, and they want mm. to get called. They want the protection. Uh, there have been a few that say, oh, I'll never get the shot, you know, and all of that. Listen, you're never going to please everyone all the time. Uh, In this case, though, I sure hope 70% of the population or more get the vaccine. Otherwise, we'll never get to herd immunity and we'll be carrying this thing forever. Uh, And, you know, we're vaccinated. That's not a guarantee. We don't know how long that's going to last. So time will tell. When you got the shot, did you were you broadcasting live at that time, or did you record first it? Shot, first shot, it was the first day we did video. It was the impetus to do the video. Uh, I see. Uh, so yeah. the doc sat right next to me here in the office and gave me the shot on camera as I was describing it on the radio. And then I interviewed the two doctors for the program talking about COVID and ramifications and all that stuff. So, yeah, that was the first, uh, the first time we did video. And from then on, it was constant. You know, it's been interesting. You know, it, it just happened. I'm not sure if you saw this story the other day. LeBron, LeBron passed on the comment entirely, which I found interesting and just a strange topic to take a pass because he's been, you know, he's been speaking up, you know, as, as in, in my view and, you know, other people can disagree with it, you know, I'm not a person that would have said just stick to the basketball court. He's got the right, you know, and he has, leverage. Got, you know, he has leverage. And if he can use it for a positive message, fine. And I uh, found it weird that, you know, it just like, I just took note that, you know, he said that, that then is the private matter, you know, to, to say that, you know, as opposed to, oops, Hey Art, we've got the sound disconnection here. There you go. Hollywood and uh, and sports types, I think, uh, somehow think they're more important than everybody with their message. They're not. Uh, sometimes I wish they'd just shut up. But uh, in this particular case, 
the more celebrities that have high profile that can sit before people and say, look, I got the shot, you should get it, uh, is a positive thing for society. You know, but I, I tell callers all the time when they call up, you know, particularly political viewpoints, you know, mm -hmm. some of them don't like Dr. Fauci, for example, and things like that. I say, look, when I get sick, I don't call a talk show host for advice. <laughs> I don't call a politician for advice. I go to a doctor. <laughs> Remember that. So when it comes to medical, you don't mind, I'll listen to the doctor. Right. But <laughs> yeah. well, what really amazes me is how many people pay a doctor for their advice and then disregard it. I don't understand that. Well, I never will. Well, I can I can give you a different perspective as you know, coming from medical household, I very frequently yeah. disregarded the advice, but I don't think that that was yeah. because... <laughs> well, that's because he was your parent. <laughs> Nobody listens to their parents. Okay. <laughs> that that'll your be dad my was, story. Yeah, your dad was a doc. Why would you listen to him? You know. <laughs> so, uh, we've had this your life you're sitting there you know with the banner and now you're not in your van going all to these different places the businesses are they continuing to try to you've had these sponsored loc on location visits has all that ground to a complete stop or have you had not a complete dust? stop i've done a couple we've done some remotes a few okay. i've got one this saturday for example uh, and i've got a few coming up in the next couple of months uh, but not nearly to the frequency we did before uh, obviously, uh, for some businesses, they've had to pull in the horns, right? Because COVID reduced their income too, right? Uh, but a lot of it had to, the corporation put a ban on it for a while. I see. And then when they finally released us to do remotes, they said, "You'll sanitize the van, you'll sanitize all the equipment, um, and you'll sit six feet apart from your guest wherever you are." Uh, you'll sanitize the equipment they use. So, I mean, they put out a protocol on how we were to do remotes. I have to tell you, I mean, Alpha Media, which owns our radio stations, is just a great company to work for. A lot of people can't say that about their bosses. Mm. They are a great company to work for. They care, about their employee. they care about their employees. They care about the communities they serve. Uh, there are times when they put all of that ahead of the dollar. Wow. So, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. That's Yet they're great unique. broadcasters. That's pretty unique, right? I mean, traditional media have, you know, having to fight against, you know, the internet machine and. You know, well, the they still do that, but there's, you know, there is a philosophy. I don't know if you've heard of conscientious capitalism. Mm -hmm. It's a philosophy uh, that has uh, certain basic tenets, principles, if you will, and Alpha would qualify for it in a heartbeat. They sent out uh, uh, these these uh, principles in a chart that we have hanging up all over the place. Uh, it's really uh, who we are and, and what we do and how we do it. And the number one word right up front is integrity. And then they go from there. So it's a great company, you know? And that's, it's one of the reasons I keep working. I mean, people ask, why are you still working? You know, 78 years old. I just turned 78. I can't think of anything I'd rather do. So I might as well get paid for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I get 
I have an enormous amount of vacation time that I don't use all of. And my wife would throw me out of the house, which she's been tempted a few times <laughs> because we're home. <laughs> but, you know, realistically, uh, it's actually between my wife and myself, when we talk about this, it's worked out better than we thought. Because, right. you know, when you're in close quarters for a long right. period of time, you can work on each other. So we all, we create shopping trips. If we get annoyed, we, I got to go to the store. I got to go to the store. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> so speaking about tri about vacation and things like that, you know, you've been the leader of a tour, you know, kind of like tourism and vacation packages. It, it, now, that's not part of SWSD. I, I never knew. I know. Well, knew there's, okay, well, the, there's more than one thing going on here. Okay. From 19... 94 to 2008 my wife and i owned a tour company i see okay and that was independent of the radio station i, I was an advertiser i bought time on it while i was working at the station and we ran oh 50 65 trips a year oh. some of them as much as 19 days some of them one dayers you know but we did a lot and we had a contract to provide service to Greektown Casino. I see. Okay. From Bay City, Saginaw, from Flint, from Lansing. We did that through 2008. And we got out of the business just before the economy went south. Well, just before the housing crisis then. You got it. Right. right. And the tour business went right with it. So uh, we got out in time. Uh, but it was fun. And I was also chairman of the Saginaw County Convention and Visitors Bureau for four years during that period. Uh a number of years ago, it was probably, uh, I want to say maybe 10 years ago, uh, we started having conversation in the radio station about, gee, can we, can we do a couple of trips where we sell trips to listeners, station makes a little money, everybody makes a little money, everybody has a good time, hmm. and it's a great listener event. And so the, the decision was, yes, let's do that. Well, who would they come to? The former tour operator, obviously. Right. right. You know what you're doing. You, you do know, it. <laughs> you you know, do you it. Know all about it, right? Yeah, For sure. So, and it was pretty funny because uh, one of the bosses at the time thought this particular individual knew more than everybody about everything. And I'd sit down and I'd say, well, we have, uh, here, here are some trips. No, we're not going to do any of those. Let's do this, this, and this. I said, well, they're not going to sell. Oh, yeah. Well, they didn't sell, you know, so. But the, the boss we have now, I mean, when he got to the radio station, I went into him and I said, we, we, we've been doing these travel things twice a year. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm putting together a list for next year. I'll bring them to you and pick what you want. And he said, somebody told me you were a tour operator. Is that right? I said, yeah. He said, what are you asking me for? Just go <laughs> do it. <laughs> what a change, you know, it was great. Right. So we've done... We've done, I don't know, five or six cruises. Uh, we've done a number of trips, national and international. The last one we did before COVID hit was Switzerland. And uh, so it's, it's been fun. I'm looking forward to doing it again. But right now, the corporation says we're not even looking at it. So I don't even talk about it. But uh, I have I was been in wondering. touch. I've been in touch with the travel agents we use and the uh, tour company that we use. Uh, we've used uh, we've used two. We used Colette for the international stuff. We've used Globus. 
uh, we cruise on celebrity cruise lines and uh, I have some travel agents I use and then an old contact from my tour days uh, who's with Colette, who I deal with directly. So, you know, we can still do it. Just a question of when. I'm thinking that, you know, I'm thinking that by maybe of September of this year, I can start looking at a spring trip. For 2022. Yeah, right. Nothing this year. It's not going to happen this year. My wife and I have a vacation booked in August. We have our fingers crossed to Maine. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. What's your, I mean, you've got experience in here, but although not with the pandemic, do you think that people are interested in going on? Well, cruises are out or cruises are going to be, you know, still going to be part of what, what's art, the tour operator with expertise? Well, I will tell you this. I'll tell you this. The cruise lines are wondering where they're going to find enough cabin space in 2022. Really? They are, they are swamped with bookings right now for late 2021, 2022. And to compound that they've sold off or scrapped a number of their older ships. So, you know, it's going to be interesting in the beginning, but there are some great bargains out there. I'll give you an example of how COVID has impacted fares. Uh, my wife and I had a trip booked to New Orleans and San Antonio last March, two days before COVID closed down the French Quarter. So we canceled on a Friday for a trip we were going on on a Sunday. Hmm. The airlines, Delta, gave us a full refund. And so we decided, okay, well, listen, uh, let's rebook a trip in next year, let's say, uh, let's do something maybe in the, uh, in the fall. All right. So we booked another trip. Not only did the gal on the phone tell me the fares were so cheap, we each had $600 in flight credit over and above the booked trip. Right. Then we had to cancel that one. Now we have flights booked in August to Maine, first class, no charge because everything is, so inexpensive all of our flight credits covered everything is it your thought that the persons who are going to who are going on your tours in the past are also itching i mean because what you just described for me sounds like well the price has been pushed down and you've got lower capacity on cruise ships that's slightly different than everybody who was who has delayed is going to be you know a willing passenger Everyone who's delayed is going to be a willing passenger. That's what you think. Okay. Yeah, because they're, they've been cooped up. I mean, let's face it. People are dying to get Look what happens when they open up restaurants. They get packed. You know, they're supposed to operate at 25%. The ones I've been in, you know, they weren't even close. People are wanting to get out. They want normalcy. They want to get back to life. Of course. They want to get back to life as it was. If you hear my phone ringing, don't worry about it. <laughs> But uh, it uh, it just my dog is howling all of a sudden. <laughs> the phone was ringing. I've never heard him do that before. Monkey, it's my dog. Uh, so yeah, people are, are 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 cooped up and they want to get out. So I suspect, you know, the day comes along that we put a trip on whatever it is, and I suspect the first. Yeah, I suspect it's going to be a blowout, and I suspect the first one we do 
is going to be domestic. Yeah. Because while people are interested in travel, maybe not quite as much going overseas yet. Right. And you can't even get into Canada right now. You know, I'm a I'm a color analyst for the Saginaw Spirit Hockey Club. No hockey. Right. I haven't played in a year. You can't go. Uh, no, well, they can't cross over. They can't get the American kids no, into right. Canada. And Canada's locked down now because Ontario for a long time had very few cases and they wanted to keep it that way. So they locked everything down. And then they got hit with a big surge of cases while they were locked down. Yeah. So they've doubled down on the lockdown. <laughs> You know, and if you go across the border, you better be real essential and have tested and all that stuff. Have you gone much outside the general area? Because I have. So, you know, I've traveled inside the United States, you know, to different states as well as to different cities inside of Michigan, things like that. Have, what about yourself? Have you or have you kind of like stayed local, generally speaking? Totally local. We're talking we're going to this Sunday. We're probably going to drive down to Detroit. That's I think you're in for a surprise. And I mean, you know, I spend a lot of time, you know, about 50% of my time in, in Ann Arbor. I can tell you that the streets in Ann Arbor on a given day are not as busy. Oh, not, not oh. even close to no. up here, even yeah. up here. It's a bigger question. What a company is going to do with all their office space <laughs> when people all work at home Yeah, because that, they're moving that way. They've oh, discovered sure. they can have people work at home, and as long as they're productive, and that's the key, they don't have to rent office space. You know, they can rent out their office space to somebody else, or they can shut down buildings. It's going to be interesting to see the aftermath. Oh, we're definitely going to see some ripple effect from that. I mean, I'm not sure. You know, the downtown Detroit's slightly different, right? Because you've got renovations and that's from a renaissance. Re a renaissance. Ann Arbor, however, is different. I mean, you've already have established, yeah. you know, and well, but you also have the college, so you have no, advantage. no, of course, of course, of course. But even then, it's it it's going to be interesting because there's you know so many besides the college. I'm just talking about away from the campus proper. You've got you know office buildings, you know, fairly largish. Sure, Ann Arbor's not that. I mean, it's big-ish. It's not a huge town. No, it's not it's a major still, city. Yeah. No. And so, you know, it will be very interesting to see when people, you know, get saying that, you know, work from home is going to be the absolute, you know, normal for some set of people. However, it should be pointed out, one of the reasons gas prices are spiking right now is there's been a huge demand for gasoline because more people are driving again, hmm. which goes back to what I said about being cooped up and wanting to get out. So a couple the gas prices with the refinery closings and the world price of oil, gas has gone up and uh, it's probably not done. People are going to get out more and more and more and uh, you can expect to pay more. Well, no, it's, especially if the weather, you know, the spring is coming, weather is getting <laughs> yes. better. 64 degrees today. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Clean the golf clubs, yay! <laughs> Which would just will mean that it'll be it'll feel even worse when it you know it snows in the middle of April. But okay, for, for yeah, today. oh yeah, it's Michigan. What do you want? <laughs> for for today, it's fine. So life isn't going to be in you know you're broadcasting from your basement or from your study, and that's going to be going for the foreseeable future. And then if you reflected back, and I can't even remember if we said this before the break or not. 
this pandemic year the weirdest year i would imagine yeah. this is the for me number one number one uh strangest year in my career in my life uh, hmm. i mean we all remember what we were doing on 9 11 and things of that nature when they landed on the moon you know you can you can vividly recall them but that's one day or a couple of months period of time this seems lifelong i mean it's been a whole year how many things can you remember that took a whole year to resolve and it's not resolved yet it's not resolved so, yeah so who knows i mean you know i'm more interested at my age of what government's going to do to save medicare <laughs> I, I i actually don't think that that's i don't think it's a problem either because no. they can't afford to lose the votes of all the people getting exactly it. exactly exactly i'm not sure Our political I... commentary folks for the day <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure i'm not sure how happy i would be if i were 28 years old because a snickers bar is going to cost 75 dollars well, someday yeah, <laughs> yeah but but having said that all right and this is my. Uh, <laughs> oh, let's get political. Why not? Uh, that's okay. This is uh, this isn't a WSGW show. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so. uh, you know, it's always been my gripe with this notion of raising the minimum wage, and they keep wanting to go up and up and up. Don't they realize that it costs jobs and prices when that happens? If a company mm. hires twenty people at ten dollars an hour, and now they're told they've got to pay fifteen dollars an hour. Well, they got to get that money someplace. Either they only hire 15 people to do the same work or they raise their prices to cover that cost and it affects everyone. And, you know, it's somehow, I don't know what it is about government, but they forget that the only money they have is what we give them. Oh yeah. They could crank up the printing press, but then yeah, that's what I was going to say. Inflation <laughs> goes through the roof. So they can't afford to do that either. Uh, well, not and, so far, you know, right? I mean, they've been proven. I, I think that there's an external factor, right? I mean, now now that we're here on, on, you know, political corner, and there's also macroeconomics corner, which is that, you know, the old construct, you would have had that to be the case, right? The government prints money, and then all of a sudden, you'd have inflation. But the buffer, candidly speaking, that and I, and I don't think in the United States, you get, uh, we get a lot of this information, which is that you have to remember 1.7 billion people and another 1.1 billion in India have basically gone from fifth world to third to first world. China and, and India. Result, they've cushioned what would have been huge inflationary pressure. Right? Yeah, but all because the money still comes from us. Yeah, no, I understand, what I, but you, you see what I'm saying? In other words, yeah, if you're I, paying yeah, for I a commodity understand. good, you're by, buying a commodity good built or made in, in the People's Republic of China, right. where, well, the, where the wage, you, in other words, the end product didn't go higher. No, but, 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 here's the but. If you keep pushing the national debt, and we're at 27 trillion now oh, yeah, 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 yeah. and climbing it's going to go up another two billion this week uh at trillion. some point in time trillion, <laughs> trillion yeah trillion yeah trillion uh you know at some point in time you got to pay the piper I, I, i'm not disputing any of that I, i'm just yeah. talking about okay why you know why that has been kind of turned on its head or a or a countervailing reason of why it hasn't happened until now 
Oh, I'm with you. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I was, I was saying that you know a Snickers going to be seventy five dollars at some point because that is the, you know, we only have in world history hyperinflation and, you know, huge downward in economic history when this kind of thing, you know, happens. Excessive printing. I seem to remember Jimmy Carter, at twenty percent inflation. You remember those days? You I don't. But I I, no, I know that. It is. <laughs> You must have studied it, though. <laughs> right. No, exactly. At twenty percent, and then the hurdle rate to the corn farmer at that point oh, is notably you know, different. You know. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and this notion of, for example, I love it when people say, "Oh, we got to tax the corporations. Tax the corporations. Where do they get their money?" Right. Guess who pays? Yeah. It all comes back to our pocket. I don't care how you get there. I love it when they say, "Well, it's not a tax; it's a fee." <laughs> so where does that come from? You know, I just, it, it always, semantics in, in economics, and you studied it. I know uh, you're m much better versed on it than I am, but it's always befuddled me uh, how we use terms in economics and somehow ignore the basics. Where does it all come from? So. We will see. So our <laughs> Speaking about like, you know, when people spew out political stuff, how does art handle when, you know, I'm not sitting there. I, I, be, before we spoke a couple of weeks ago, I listened to the hour prior to I got to getting on. And I don't even remember the topic. All I remember is like, man, this art's a better person than I. I would have, I would have hung up. <laughs> I get that. I get that a lot. How did you let that happen? Well, this is my job. You know, I'm, I'm, it's my job. I would have hung up. That's but what keeps it going. In in all your years, I'm sure this is, you know, we've got ex maybe a more more polarized or outwardly polarized oh, society now. No doubt about it. But I'm sure you've got decades of experience of hearing instances. Is now the height of that as well, of the calls or... Uh, it's it's the height. It's the height of polarization, no doubt about that. Is it polarization uh, or, or spoken out loud polarization? From your point uh, of view, you're older. Both. That's why. Oh, I'm it's both. It. It's both. Uh, the far. You know, I have a theory. My theory is the far right and the far left make all the noise. Most Americans don't live there. Right. Most Americans live in the middle. They may have some conservative views, some liberal views combination thereof, which is why I'm so insistent on staying centralized and looking at things from a common sense viewpoint. But they make all the noise and they're the ones that get all the attention. Uh, yeah. Well, if they don't make the noise, they, they, they won't be, they won't get on, well, the, they won't be on anyone's radar. Yeah, so, I mean. exactly. And, and, you know, Richard Nixon had it right uh, when he said there's a great silent majority out there. Unfortunately for him, he misunderstood what they were silent about, but there was a great silent majority. People don't speak up. They go about their business every day. Yeah, they watch the news, they, but they just don't have extreme views. And, uh, and, you know, that's fine. But those extreme views make for a radio. That's what's charged up radio today. Uh, I'm not a shock. I'm not a shock jock quote. Right. You know. I don't buy that stuff. So, is that kind of your frontier? You know, because traditional media under such 
threat from internet and streaming and things like that. Traditional newspapers, I'm, you know, if I'm overgeneralizing, you'll forgive me. Is this kind of the how talk radio or radio stations, traditional terrestrial radio stays, you know, alive or? Well, you know, maybe AM. Uh, and, and we recently began simulcasting everything AM and FM. Mm. Uh, WSGW, AM, and FM, and they're together. Uh, the only thing we separate out are sports. Uh, we did that because it's it's good business. And that's, you know, we have to remember that broadcasting is a business. It's a sure. bottom yeah. line business. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, the thing that's changed when we talk about polarization, the thing that's changed that is so different is social media. Social media has totally changed the game uh the you know the old the old way of doing things uh before your time uh if a story happened you might have heard about it on the radio with immediacy right now you heard about it mm -hmm. then you turned on your television to see the image of what happened and then you picked up the newspaper to read the minutiae the details that was the progression of news in any given day that's out the window now of course newspapers aren't anything like they used to be uh in some communities like here you only get them a few days a week it's centralized from some command post someplace else uh so it's not the same as it used to be and now you have social media people run to for information without any knowledge of its accuracy yeah without that's any the concept of who's sending it, what their expertise is, what their qualifications are. None of that matters anymore. But if it meets your idea, then it must be right. Oh, yeah. So, And in that whole process, a radio station, you know, Art Lewis is there as a person, experienced person, seeing a lot of different types of, you know, events and opinions, staying even keeled. How do you kind of maneuver your way to stay relevant and meaning that you know that people want to listen to you rather than you know go on their machines and look on facebook and what their friends said i do what i do you take me for who i am i haven't changed i've been this way all my life and don't have any intention of changing if i had to change in some way that i thought was negative to keep an audience i'm done don't have to do this at 78 i do right. it because i want to do it and enjoy it, love it. Uh, if it got to the point where it wasn't fun anymore, I'm history. If you're 35, if you if you told 35 year old Art Lewis at this point, would you tell them that radio that radio is probably not a great idea for the decades, or and find another media outlet, and what would it be, or how would you, you know? Give career advice to your 35-year-old self. Uh, no, I would have stuck with it because I enjoyed it, even though it was pablum back then. I mean, we weren't talking about these controversial issues. We were talking about community things, and you, you talk about issues that weren't polarizing. Uh, and you had guests. You had a lot of guests on. And I loved it. So, no, I would not have seen the uh, failure to codify the fairness doctrine uh, and what radio is mm. today. I don't think anybody would have. 
1987 changed the broadcasting and changed the radio industry. There were a lot of other things that happened before that that changed the industry. I like to say that the FCC made mistakes and fixed their mistakes with new mistakes and compounded mistakes with new mistakes. Right. Uh, you know, and I'll give you an example of that. Uh, at one time, there were 7,000 radio stations in the United States. The FCC's through something called the 8090 docket opened that up to underserved communities okay. getting a license. All right. Fair enough, right? Sure. So what's their idea of an underserved community? Now, we're sitting here in Saginaw, Michigan. When I came here, there were probably 18 to 20 radio signals, most of them local, in the Great Lakes Bay region, the Tri-Cities back at the time. Carlton got a license because it was underserved. I see. Hello. What are you talking about? We have that license today. It's our FM station. WSGW 100.5 is a Carlton license. Hmm. Go figure. You know, so all of a sudden now there's 10,000 radio stations all vying for the same advertising dollars, which are being split up with television and newspaper and magazines. So now you got all these, these other stations fighting for this piece of pie. But the ownership rules didn't change. You can I still see. only own X. 1 AM, 1 FM in a marketplace and a max of, I think it was 20 or something like that nationally. So, oops, all of a sudden, what are they going to do? Well, they got rid of the ownership rules. The ownership rules were that if I was going to get a broadcast license, I had to prove that I could operate that facility for three years, even if I had no income. In other words, if they're going to give me a license, that license, is, three years for betterment. That license is for the betterment of the community. I better be able to demonstrate that I can serve the community. They got rid of that. And guess what happened? Absentee investors. Just bought. I don't mean to. I don't mean to, uh, to to slam a profession, but dentists in California started buying radio stations in New Jersey. You know, and they bought it to do one thing: rape it to the bottom line and sell it. Well, two or three times go by where the next guy along does the same thing, and pretty soon, you have a facility that can't make its debt payment. Yeah, I and don't think that sudden, worked, right? I mean, there was a- there no, was it a... didn't work. Because all of a sudden you had bankruptcies. Right. Which you never had in broadcasting. So what was the next answer? Well, the next answer was, okay, you can now own five radio stations in a community. No cap on how many you can own. So all of a sudden now you have an enormous amount of broadcast power concentrated in a few hands. You know, our company has 198 radio stations. We're small potatoes compared to iHeart or Cumulus. They have hundreds and hundreds. Uh, and uh, I don't know that all that in the long term was for the better, but they had to figure out how to fix all the mistakes that were made along the way. So here you are today. Someone by 35-year-old, I'm saying, okay, with your experience, or let's just say your 30-year-old grandchild. 
comes to you and that's a little you know i know the age don't, doesn't exactly work. <laughs> i don't have any but okay but let's just <laughs> let's just say someone asked for career advice to art today i'm interested in tv or you know broadcasting journalism entertainment but not i don't want to be an actor uh, well, you better well, be real good at the digital side first of all because digital has become everything uh secondly i tell you to become a welder because you make a lot more money <laughs> <laughs> but i if you have a, if you have a passion for it then go for it you still you're it. still okay i mean uh listen i'm okay with people doing what they want to do that makes them happy uh sure. not everybody is inclined to go after dollars they'd rather go after happiness some people are very happy in a career making less money. Other people, it's all about the dollar, and they don't care what they do as long as they can make a dollar. Yeah, so. I'm just saying that, you know, Art, you, you've struck me all, all this time, and after listening to you with so many different types of guests, you have a clear curiosity of meeting other people, right? I mean, absolutely. I mean, that, that I think, you know, I'm quite sure that I'm not talking out of turn, which is that your listening audience over these decades have experienced similar things that I have listening to you as well as being your guest, which is you actually listen to the responses and actually have follow-up questions because I don't think people even know this. Uh, you know, so you and I, I've been your guest something like 15 times uh, or something mm -hmm. like that, in, yep. you know, just under seven, eight years. We've never had a script of questions. No, and I won't take questions from Which guests. is incredible because, you know, I've well, spoken at other media locations, et cetera, et cetera. And it's always been, you know, always being, you know, 90% of the time, here are my feeder list of questions, yeah. you know, that I would ask Jay. But you and no. I, and- I won't do it either. You know why? You know why? I'll, I'll give you an example of why I don't do it. Hmm. Uh, this is a great example. Many, many, many years ago, probably goes back to, I don't know, the 80s. I had a guest. A very high up auto executive from one of the biggest companies. Okay. Vice president. We'll leave it there. All right. Shows up with his entourage. Right. He comes into the studio with his PR guy who's got a book. So I go, well, Mr. Vice President, uh, you know, tell us about this, this, this in the auto company. Mm -hmm. While I'm asking the question, the PR guy is opening the pages of the book, slaps it in front of him, and he looks down and reads me the answer. Right. After about 20 minutes of that, during a commercial break, I looked at the PR guy and I said, take your damn book and get out of the studio. Oh, I can't do that. I said, either you do that or the interview is over. The vice president looked at him and said, go. It went from one of the worst interviews I ever had to one of the best. Because once I got the guy out of the book, right, I wasn't going to ask him stuff he didn't know about. He's vice president. He better know about it, you know? And they're so afraid that somebody's going to say the wrong word or what have you. Turned out to be a great interview because I made him comfortable, got him down to conversation. And that is why I never, ever 
accept questions from a guest. No, it's true. I, I, I mean, if I'm they have a topic, if they have a topic they want to talk about, tell me what the topic is. That's fine. Yeah. But if what I have found in the past, if you get a preset list of questions, you're going to get a preset list of answers. That's not conversation. I want conversation. Also, anytime I've spoken to a broadcasting class about interview technique, first thing I say is, there's no great secret. Be curious. I am a naturally curious person. And I have done you an enormous favor during this interview in that I have not turned the tables on you. <laughs> it's not a favor. I, was, I, was, I, I had other tactics <laughs> up my sleeve here, Art. <laughs> None of which would have combated it. <laughs> I just said I would, I would be able to execute it correctly. I just I had different, different <laughs> tactics in mind. That doesn't mean that I'd be any good at it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you'd be good at it. <laughs> what, so after this act that you talked about, about having, you know, the, the Fairness Act, now you, all doctor. of a sudden you can have opinionated opinions on, yep. you know, on broadcast radio out of your experience, and I've just heard, like I said, little snippets, and maybe you can tell us a story from the past. Now, when the, was it the Wild West immediately? Did everyone realize that all of a sudden, oh, I just get to call art and spew out anything at it? I'm going to give you two words, two words that described what happened. Rush Limbaugh. I see. Changed the face of radio. Right. Single-handedly right. changed the face of radio. Uh, whether you agreed with him or disagreed with yeah, him, didn't yeah. matter. No, right. He changed the face of radio because he immediately adapted to this new style. And everyone and did it knew in an entertaining way. Um, well, what happened was, of course, he came from the right. And yep. conservatives for a long time felt that their voices weren't being heard. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, here's this guy on the radio spewing the same things they believe. And they flocked to him. Yeah. Before that, you couldn't find those opinions. You couldn't find the far left either. Right. But the far left failed to learn how to do talk radio in an entertaining way. Rush came along and he was first of all a radio guy, not a politician, right. yep. and created the genre. Uh, all of us owe a lot to him for that. Uh, we may, may not look at things the way he does, sure, sure, or did because he's passed now, right? But uh, but we still owe him a great deal for creating what we have today. The the genre. By the way, has the far left figured figured out how to make it entertaining yet, or no? No, it they've had a couple. Like, right? They've had a couple of runs at it. Uh, there was a guy named Ed Schultz a few years ago, a number of years. Never ago. heard of that. I've never he heard of this name. Had, we had him. That's the problem. Yeah. We had him. We had him for a few years, I think three years or something like that. He passed away. Uh, but uh, he was he was I used to call him the Rush Limbaugh from the left because he copied a lot of what Rush did only from the left. He tried to do a lot of the same stuff. I don't think that the works, left though, right? Viewpoint. Well, nobody listened. We couldn't get an audience. And there's a lot of Democrats around here. I mean, Bay County is loaded with, with Democrats. No, I, I'm not disputing that. I'm, what I'm saying and we is We couldn't that, get them to listen. The, and let's just take the extremes, because I, I think that that's pr 
probably because one of the things that you and I get get along personally is that, you know, these far extremes, I'm usually like, you know, you can just talk to my hand, you know, and yes, but also the far left has a problem, right? Because the persons that they would throw rocks at also means that that's your store owner. You know what I mean? It, like at the far extreme, like, you know, some taxation or something that looks or feels like socialism at all, you've got a problem. You see what I'm saying? In other words, is there's no natural. Yeah, I, I would have told you, I would have told you yes, a year ago. Uh, I'm not so sure that's true today because uh, they got their socialist tenants out there. Their tentacles are reaching uh, and there is more acceptance. Uh, and part of that, I think, has to do with the educational system and how we've brought young people up. Uh, not totally, but part of it. Uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a different, it's a, I would have given you different answers 15 years ago, but it's changed. Oh, I'm not disputing that it's changed. That that part I totally agree. Whether or not it's going to ultimately be effective, though, I I, I... total no, no, no. I don't think so. Totally. Uh, no, I the, I think it's actually. I actually think you saw evidence of it in uh, this past November, which is, you know, the pres the sitting president lost, but the other results weren't this was not just some overwhelming oh democrats know, lost ground in the uh, house absolutely and and i and you can see where they they lost which is you know for example i i've spent a fair amount of time in south florida doing this that and the other and speaking to public and going to yeah. different places which were not tourist places makes sense and, for yeah medicare <laughs> exactly and for you know for my public speaking but the thing is, is that, you know, when the message is to to certain persons, well, that is a socialist bet. And then they reject it when everything else should have said that they'd be a natural voter for the Democratic Party. You got a problem. <laughs> You've got a yeah. big messaging problem that and I'm just that's why I was asking about your radio issue, which, which is that I'm not sure that the far left has the ability to throw a rocket because the far right does. Right. They can just say, OK. That guy is to blame, you know. One point, you know, the Chinese uh, are to blame. Yeah, but the left, the, the left, blames the right. Uh, and here's the thing that we all have to be concerned about. I don't care if it's left or right, and that's incrementalism. If I say to you, "This is the policy I want," and well, let's take minimum wage for example. Right, let's say it's ten dollars an hour, and I say to you. Mr. Opponent of mine, we're going to get $15 an hour. By goodness, that's what we're going to get. I demand it. We're going to get it. And we end up at $12 an hour. Right. Incrementally, I've moved my way. And I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing incrementalism in some of these movements toward socialism, because as I'm reminded by my audience regularly, we already have socialism. We have Medicare. We have Social Security. These are socialistic type programs. The government taking care of the masses. So I'm saying you know, that further, too much further. For example, if we take a look at the you know Democratic Socialist Marriage with DSA, for example, you know 
ultimately my issue with the way that and the question about the far left and whether or not that makes good radio if it's if it's even possible i think i'm just saying that structurally to me that won't work because structurally if you're from the far left to want to be a popular person on the radio you're going to end up throwing a rock at the person funding <laughs> the radio station or funding the advertising. Uh, well, yeah, to a degree. Uh, but by the same token, uh, if throwing that rock garners an audience and the radio station sells that audience to the guy you're throwing the rock at and his business goes up, he could care less about the rock you're throwing <laughs> if it happens. You know, I, I'd agree with that also, except that when you start throwing that rock, that rock will hit Wall Street and they will. Eve it yeah, eventually. <laughs> they, eventually. Yeah, because because make no mistake. Right. I mean, the middle left. That's funded by who? That's funded by, you know. Everybody, everybody, but the money. Yeah, the big check comes from the very well off slightly left. And who's that? Candidly speaking, that's on uh, that is in Manhattan on Wall Street. And yeah, so well, it's, it's, it's interesting. It, I always I always had, had always told folks, when you look at the left and right, the left doesn't want to tell you how to live your life. But they want to control your money. The right doesn't want to control your money, but they want to tell you how to live your life. <laughs> so, Fair enough. <laughs> and somewhere in between is the truth. <laughs> well, we're not going to, I think the safest thing that we can say is that you and I are not probably going to settle that today. Never. <laughs> Never will be. No, that, that's, that is true. <laughs> so what's up next here, Art? I mean, you've done everything. What is left to accomplish for Art Lewis on a personal level in the world of broadcasting? Not leave out your personal and, you know, golfing your age or something like that. Uh, nothing. I, 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 you know, listen, if I could show you and take my camera and up on top of my credenza here are all the awards I've won. There they are. Whoopee. I mean, it's nice, but, you know, uh, it's nice to be recognized by the same token I pretty well accomplished what I want to accomplish. I just want to keep doing it. That's that's what I want to accomplish. I want to do it. I had a boss one time, took me out to lunch and said, you know, we got to talk about retirement, but I have a feeling that your idea of retirement is expired to retire. And I said, yeah, that's exactly my idea of retirement. <laughs> so that's where it's at. You know, as I long just, as you're, uh, as he, long as I have my, I'll tell you a very, a great story. There is a a very famous doctor in this area, Malcolm Fields, yep. one of the top neurosurgeons in the country. Now, Malcolm's in his 80s now, and he doesn't surgically practice anymore, but he still goes into the office every day. Mm. He still makes rounds at five o'clock in the morning, you know. But I once asked him, Malcolm, and he's a good friend of ours, and I asked him, Malcolm, how long are you going to keep doing this? And he said, well, I got my eyes, my mind, and my hands. If they hold me up, I can still do the surgery, you know. Well, since that time, his hands have sure. left him uh, reliably, so he doesn't do surgery anymore. I tell people, 
my mind and mouth work, I can sit in this chair and do this job forever, you know, until good Lord says, <laughs> you're done. And that's it. So I, I don't have any, uh, any plans, aspirations, changes, none of that. I, you know, I'm on a list somewhere to be considered for the, uh, Michigan Association of Broadcasters Radio Hall of Fame. Gee, that's nice. The way you get there is to be old. Yeah. So, <laughs> if I make it great, if I don't, wonderful. Just to be on the list was fine. And that's it. I, I just, you know, you can't wake up worrying about those things. I wake up worrying about, I have to fill two and a half hours. What am I going to do? So, you know. There you go. What's the radio station going to do? I mean, meaning that where's the, <clears throat> is there the NART next Art Lewis at, at WSDW right now? I have no idea. There are probably wannabes. <laughs> well, there are, I'm sure. And there, and there are not wannabes. There are people that don't want anything to do with it. You know, don't even think of me when that happens. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I mean, like I said, way early on, my dad told me everybody's replaceable. Of course. If I'm gone, somebody else will come along to fill that bill. In the same way, when I came here in 1974, I was teamed up with a guy named Fred Krell. Fred was a broadcasting institution in Saginaw, hmm. an icon if there ever was one. Never going to be able to replace Fred Krell, never, ever, ever. Here I am. He retired in 85, and guess who became the next Fred Krell? I didn't replace Fred Krell. They just changed to me. The That's world all. evolved and yeah. the world. Yeah. The world goes on. I mean, it's, you just, you cannot think of yourself as being the only one that could ever do this. Of course. Of course. You know, it's nonsense. I know that. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed this a lot. Art. Yeah, me too. I've been your hey, guest. You, you owe me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're, 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 let's go back to the story. The story is the following: is that the first time I was there with you, the, before you get too high up on your horse of you owe me, <laughs> let me remind you that the first time I was there, your second hour guest called you during the first hour and said, "I'm not going to be there. You were stuck without a second hour guest." I wasn't. <laughs> I had you. <laughs> and you looked at it, what are you doing? Well, so let me let me tell you what you didn't see. Okay. Let me tell you what you didn't all see. Right, all right. Okay. When I go into the studio, or in this case, my home studio, I am prepared to talk for two and a half hours. I got you. Have to be. Yeah. Because it's conceivable nobody will call. Right. It's conceivable a guest calls in sick or misses it or whatever. I am never without material. I may look that way. It may feel that way. I may have told you that. But the reality is, if everything went to heck in a handbag in five minutes, oh yeah, I have, to go, I have, I have two hours to fill. Oh, that, 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 that part I didn't just not dispute. <laughs> that part of it. <laughs> as, as Rush Limbaugh used to say, he goes into the studio with a stack of stuff. Right. I have a shredder a big shredder here in my office. I fill it up about every week. And I'm constantly, they laugh at me at the radio station. The radio station is closed to the public. 
but there mm-hmm. are about eight or 10 people that go in regularly, mm-hmm. including my general manager. Mm-hmm. And I go in there pretty regularly because I know where the paper stash is. Mm-hmm. So I grab a couple of reams of paper, bring them home. <laughs> so I walk in the door, he says, oh, are you here to steal paper? I said, yep. <laughs> So well, thank you so much. Let, Life is good. Before we go, let let's remind everyone where they can where all the different platforms are now because you know this is new, and you know your listening audience may not be fully up to speed on all the different places. So, Twitch T. So you're all on right, Twitch. So you got. Let's start with the radio. Okay. Seven ninety AM, one hundred point five FM, and it's simulcast. You hear me on both same time. And the internet is wsgw.com. Correct, and you can hear the stream on the website. Right. Uh, but you can now watch me do my shows on twitch.tv slash WSGW radio. Okay. On Facebook, on Twitter. So on, on Facebook, is that the WSGW page? WSGW radio, one of those has it. I, I, there's, there's three or four, but just click on them. You'll see it. Okay, WSGW. Uh, okay. Yeah, YouTube, you put in my name, Art Lewis Show. It'll come up. And that's live, uh, or is that or is live? That live. We're live uh, from nine in the morning Eastern time yep. until eleven thirty. The eleven to eleven thirty show is called Focus, where we focus on a business in the community or an individual in the community. But nine to eleven is the Art Lewis show, and we either have guests or we have open lines, or a combination thereof. You know, I guess the one thing is that I wish. If I had any wish, I'd wish that more person or that the station and the location and your viewpoint had, you know, more wattage, just pure power, just pure wattage. Well, we're, we're 5,000 watts during the day AM and then the FM. Uh, so we cover when, when we simulcast to the FM, we picked up some area that the FM covered the AM didn't. Uh, but we realistically... Mid-Michigan is our target audience. That's where we make our money. What happens in the outskirts with more power doesn't bring any more money. So you really, you have to concentrate on your, uh, on your focus. So the, the, the Great Lakes Bay region and the immediate surrounding counties, that's our primary target. Sure. I was more talking about from the other perspective of the fact that you know, with your experience and, you know, your common sense approach and, you know, just genuine interest in talking to the interviewee, et cetera, et cetera, and being able to handle questions without telling them that they're a nut bag one, you know, or gas bag one way or the other, and just handling it as just a refreshing, just every day where most people live. That's what I'm saying. Well, I I appreciate it. I've never had national aspirations. Uh, back in 1995, uh, a friend of mine invited me down to, to uh, Louisville uh, to fill in for their number one morning personality, a guy named Wayne Perkey hmm. on WHAS radio, 50,000 watt blowtorch. Wow. Heard in, heard in 35 states. <laughs> yeah, right. So here I come out of Saginaw and I sit down and I do this show. And one of the things we did and I had a producer and an engineer and all these people that I'm not used to, you know, but I'm glad they were there because they told me what the flow was going to be and what to do, when to do it. Sure. One of the things we did was some movie contest, a question about some movie. So I asked the question. Now, if I did that in Saginaw, first call might be from Birch Run 
Bay City, Midland, Frankenmuth, whatever, right? So I asked the question. I'm in Louisville. First call was from Salt Lake City. Second call was from Memphis. Third call was from St. Louis, I think. All over the country. Yeah. Real eye-opener. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's an old adage. Uh, big fish in a little pond. Or little fish in a big pond. Now, I'm a New Yorker. I had I worked in suburban New York City before I came here. Mm. I have discovered that it's much more fun to be a big fish in a little pond. Gotcha. Much more fun and a lot less pressure. <laughs> right. Understood. So uh, if you're happy with what you have and you're happy with your life, you don't always have to be looking for the next big thing, you know? You have to have the motivation to do the job. You have to have the passion to do the job. Mm. But you don't always have to be aggressively seeking that next dollar, that next big thing. I want more people to know me. I don't care about that. I don't care if I you recognize me. That. Oh, be quiet. <laughs> big B. I don't, uh, big Bixby, whatever it is. Oh. I, I, don't, I don't care if you recognize me in the store. Personally, I'm happy when you don't. Right. I did. I did television for quite a while. In in association with radio and otherwise, uh, and you give up too much of your privacy. Yeah. My wife and I, we're pretty private people. We have a very, we have a lot of acquaintances, but we have a small circle of friends. Right. Very small circle of friends. We were out with a couple the other day. Uh, he happens to be an appeals court judge. His wife were both judges. And we were talking and I said, you know, you're among our very, very few close friends. And we were friends with his parents for a long time. And he, he looked at me and said, you know, you're the same with us. We're homebodies. We have our likes and dislikes, but we don't do a lot of socialization. Mainly for me, I dealt with people all day long. I want to go yeah. home, you know? <laughs> I want to go get away from it. Uh, you know, one of the things that and I never would say this to anybody doing it, but I have people come up to me and they want to talk politics. <laughs> no, that's what the radio show's for, you know? All the time. But what do you think of this? And do you think, you, I heard you say this. And Well, call the show and talk to me about it, you know? Uh, you, you just, it's, listen, it's one of the sacrifices of being in the public eye. Sure. You live with it. Sure. But doesn't mean you have to like it, you know, <laughs> but you can't be rude to these people. They're your bread and butter. Absolutely. So what do you do? You get on with it. Thank you so much, Art. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Art Lewis. Thanks for having and being here with me today. Pleasure, Jay. All right. Fun knowing, I got to tell you, folks, I, I've known Jay now for eight books. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know what, I remember edition one of Maximize Your Medicare, you know, that's where we first met. It's always fun chatting with him uh, and uh, learn a lot from him about uh, the topic of which I don't know a lot. And that's the fun of it. And uh, he's one of the brightest guys I know and has too damn many initials after his name. <laughs> <laughs> my name, my original name's too short. I needed more letters, Art. That's, That's what it was. Yes. Oh, <laughs> we'll do it again. I would enjoy that. Thanks, Art. Have a All great right, day. Jay.
Take care. Bye-bye, my friend. That's it for today. Be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. That way you can be told when new videos are posted. Last, don't forget about GH2 Unfiltered. I'll send you a free copy of Maximize Your Medicare to first-time subscribers. That's at www.gh2unfiltered.com where you can get my subscription site comments that I can't release to people in public here on the YouTube channel. Thanks.